Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. We're going to continue in on a series that we started several weeks ago entitled, We Are the Church. And uh, if you've been with us, we've talked about several different things over the last several weeks, but we've kind of looked at the why and the what, and today we're going to look at the how of the church. We've looked at things and the understanding that God has given us a perfect foundation in the church and that He is the foundation, He is the rock of the church. We looked at the, the reality that, that God is our greatest security. He said that the gates of hell will never prevail against it. And one of the great things that we see and that we understand in that is understanding that the church is you and I, the people. It's not the building in which we serve. It's not necessarily uh, any of those things, but it's the, the people. And so even as, as believers, we have a great security in Him. The, the also, the other side of that is when, when God reveals certain things to us, there's a great responsibility that comes with that. So for every one of us that know different things, regardless of what it is, we are held accountable to the things that we know. There is a responsibility with that. And so we looked at that in the first week, and then last week we looked at a little bit of the, the, or not a little bit, but we looked at the why of the church. And for us, we looked specifically at at some of our core values, at our our mission of the church, that we would be passionate followers of Christ. And and we looked at all of those things, the, the why of the church, that we would know God that we would walk with Him, and that we would share Him, that we would know Him intimately, that we would desire to grow in Him, and that every aspect of our life we would walk with Him. That is, whether it's just a daily devotion or it's when you work at at the place that you go to work on a regular basis, you are to serve God while you're there, and all of the different aspects of our lives that we would walk with Him, and then the last piece, that we would share Him, that we would be about evangelism and sharing the gospel, sharing who Jesus Christ is. And we looked at all of those things, and today we're going to come to the, the how, I guess you will, of the church. To me, I, I get excited when it comes to the local church, because I believe with everything in me that the local church is the conduit to change that can take place within a society. I believe with everything in me that the local church is the conduit for change inside of a local society. And so anything that is, I should maybe not say anything, but when, when God does something inside of a community, inside of a state, inside of a city, whatever it is, inside of a country, it will start and it will be uh, spread throughout the local church. I believe that with everything in me. Every, uh, every major revival that we know that has taken place has taken place with the foundation of a local church. The things, the great things that we've seen within our, uh, our midst and years before and so on and so forth, the local church is at the heart of it. And I believe with everything in me that the local church is what God has given to us to be able to make that impact into our society. Let me just say it in this, re- in this regard, maybe going into a greater detail, but it starts with this, a salvation. Salvation takes place. 
Somebody comes to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They give their lives to Christ. I've said it this way many times. I now take myself off of the throne of my life. I step over here and say, God, here is my life. You are now the king of my life. You're the Lord of my life. Take over in the throne of my life. God now is the Lord of my life. And as salvation takes place and God takes over the the lordship of my life and he is now on the throne and it's no longer about me, discipleship begins to take place and as all of these things are taking place, there's a man or a woman that is changed from the inside out. The thing or the, the person that they once were is no longer the same. They have become a new creature is what God's word says. And in that, it starts with them. What is the next thing that is greatly impacted? Others, starting with your home. As my home begins to transform, and as things begin to to be a little bit different in my home, and maybe I once was a drunkard, and maybe I I once uh, cursed in a manner that was just not right, and maybe I used to say these things, and we used to act this way, and we used to go to these places. Now all of a sudden, God is a part of my life, and God is my life, and my home begins to change. And as my home begins to change, everybody there obviously takes a notice, but guess what? The next natural progression is that there's people within my community that are seeing something is different about this individual. That's my home, and then my neighborhood, and then my community around where I go to work, and the things that I do, and all of these things. It's progressive, and as that's taking place, that means that our community is seeing life change, and as the community is seeing life change, that grows and that spreads. Maybe it's from a community, maybe it's to a county, maybe it's to a state. From the state, maybe it goes into a region, and from a region, it takes over the country, and it happens. Why? Because one local church decided to do what? Share the gospel message of Jesus Christ and live it out to the best of their ability it doesn't take but one it doesn't take but one you may or may not like Billy Graham and the things that he did and I'm not getting into any of those arguments but it took one young man to grab a hold and say God I don't know what I can do but I'm going to start doing something And he began to preach the gospel message to thousands upon thousands upon thousands, filling stadiums all across the country, all across the world. It took one. It took one, D.L. Moody. It took one. It took one, Paul. And as life began to change and the inside, it began to spread. And the local body, the local church, is that. And as I think about all of these things, the, the we are the church, how, why the church? Uh, what is the church? Why the church? How, how are we to function as we look at that this morning? When we begin to take all of this in and we begin to look at this, how? How does it all work? My prayer over these last several weeks and Dan and I as we've sat down and we've prayed over this series and we've discussed it and trying to go through it and lead through it is that God would begin to work in our hearts as individuals and as a church together as a body that we would be able to see something miraculous. My prayer and our prayer and 
we sit down every week and we go through these things and we discuss them and we're looking at it and we dive through the scriptures and we begin to talk about it. And I'll promise you this, never one time have we sat down and said, man, here's here's what we're praying for. I'm praying that this would transform and that Oasis Baptist Church would be the largest and biggest best thing in Las Vegas. We've never prayed that. Our prayer is that we would catch fire of God and that God would get a hold of us, that we would be a church that God has called us to be, to love the community in which God has placed us in, and what we can do from there, we'll just wait and see what God does. I think of it in this regard. I think of, we can talk about the Burns family and how uh, the reality that's taken place, but here's what I get excited about within this is watching a body of believers, the church, come together to say, we will support you in everything. I've been asked more times by many of you, are we giving them money? Are we giving them money? How are we helping them with this? And what are we doing with this? And what are we doing with that? And that means a lot to me. I know they appreciate it, but that means you don't understand from the pastor position, for others to care enough about somebody within the flock, that means a lot. There's been other circumstances over the last several weeks where the body of Christ has been real to people within this body. That minus the church, who knows what would take place. Man, that's real. That's exciting to me. I was here yesterday. A couple of you were here yesterday. We, we partner with the Refuge for Women. This place was about, say, the number of people that are here today. This place was full of people. The Refuge for Women, there was four ladies that walked across the stage that sat right here that got up and they walked across the stage and they got a, a quasi-diploma for graduating out of their rehab situation that they were in. One of them, 42 years in the sex trafficking industry, 42 years of drugs, alcohol, prostitution, and sex industry. 42 years in a ministry that we're able to partner with. She walks in the doors, gives her life to Jesus, and sees God do some amazing things. That's the local church in action. Am I doing it? Are you doing it? No. But we're a part of that. The first graduation from Las Vegas was held in this auditorium. Man, to some people, that's, yeah, that's cool. No, to me, I'm like, hey, that's awesome. We're watching it. I've had the privilege in some of those ladies' lives not to be integral into their lives, but I saw them four, five, six, seven months ago. And God is my witness. If we were to even post pictures, you would see what they were and what they are. Do you know the difference? It's God. It's Jesus. Because he came in and he did something inside of them. One of them, it was, I forget how many years ago, but several years ago, went through the doors and for six weeks sat inside of a refuge for women home and was there for six weeks and she said, I just had to leave. I had to go back. From the time she was 21 years old, she had been in and out of rehab eight times 21 Madison was here yesterday and on the way home I said Madison can you imagine 21 years old she's been in and out of rehab eight times my daughter's 13 years old I can't imagine watching my daughter go through something like that but the local church a man in Kentucky out of his local church starts an organization a ministry to love on people. 
And we have a part of that. I've been watching our church invest in people. And so as we look at this this morning, I'm, I'm going to try now to get off through this. I said 12, right? You, I knew this, she said, I knew this was going to happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bible with you. We're going to look at the how of the church this morning. And I've said this every single week. Most of you are church people. These are passages of Scripture that you've known, that you've read, that you could possibly teach these lessons yourself. But I want us to take a step back a little bit. We're going to go through these uh, this passage, 12 through 27, is where we'll be. And I want us to just take a look as we go through these and look at how the church, how God designed the church to function, to do everything that we just talked about. To watch people walk through a door and give their lives to Jesus. To allow us to partner with organizations and other believers and other people around the city, around the country, to see God's hand at work and that we can have a part of that. How do we come across and come around those that are in this flock? How do we, we take and we grab somebody within the body and help restore them from what they were into what they can be? How do we take somebody that is hurting and we take them alongside and we say, we know that you need us and right now let us be what we need to be for you. Don't worry about those things. Allow us to be the body because today you're needing let us be the doctor, so to speak, in some regards. Obviously, God is the doctor. Some of you are like, whoa, no. But allow us to come and be a part of that healing process. There's so many facets when it comes to the body of Christ. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. If you go with me over these next several moments, think of a couple words. The word one is going to be mentioned a lot, and the word body is going to be mentioned a lot. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, Yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it 
or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Father, I ask that you use this passage, a familiar passage, to challenge us. That, Lord, we would be one body. And that we would be the one body that you have called us to be here in this Henderson-Whitney Ranch community. God, that we would love people because we love you. And Lord, may we be allowed to see souls be saved. May we be a part of discipleship and watching those go out and serve others. Father, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. My first thought is this, one body. The term body is used, I believe it's 16 times in that passage of Scripture. Paul uses the word in Ephesians multiple times, as well as in Colossians. The word body for the church is used many times. There is something significant about the church being talked about as the body. Think about this. The body is the most complete, intricate, detailed, and majestically, masterfully created organism that God designed. God, the, the body is designed, it says, in the image of God, unlike all other creations that God made it was our body that was in his image the body is unique it is miraculous it is diverse it is in unity with itself the body is an amazing creation of the lord and it's the body that we the church are spoken of that we are to be the body is marvelous and complex yet it's still one here in this passage of scripture it says what that it is many many members and all yet of one body. Think of some of the processes, and I'm not a scientist guy, I'm not a nurse, I'm not any of those things, but some of these simple things that we all have heard of, but the cells, the DNA, the RNA, the functions of each piece and each part, but again, it's but one. You cannot cut the body in half. You cannot compartmentalize it, for if you do, the one will cease to survive. It dies off because it does not have the other parts that God designed for it to be to keeping it alive. The church is the same. God controls. What is it that controls our bodies? What controls our bodies? The head, the brain. The brain. I, I, I couldn't even begin to start. I don't, I don't understand it. The speed in which the brain talks to everything else. The speed between the eye and the brain. The speed between the, the brain and the fingers and all of the different things that, that the brain does and how quick that it takes place and all those things. But it is the brain that functions, that makes everything else function. It's the head. And so as we look at the church, who controls the church? The Lord as the head of the body. And even though we are all different, we all function inside of the same body to accomplish that which the head has designed for us to accomplish. We cannot simply cut it off or cut it out because one will die. Christ is the head of the body. That is, He is the mind. He is the spirit. He is the controls. Though the church is one under Christ, that is, there is many different functions. I think of it in this regard, even as in the church world, there's 
denominations that are different. There's people that argue over different beliefs theologically. There's all these different things that are within it. And there's going to be a day, listen, there's going to be a day when you get to heaven, you're going to go, holy cow. We laugh. Oh, you mean there's going to be people not Baptist there? Yeah. Like we honestly, we joke about it in the church. But it is so real, the division amongst so many people inside of Christendom that truly believe in Jesus Christ, that believe the death, burial, resurrection, that believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God, that believe everything that we would believe, but yet we would sit in a room and we would say, you know what, I don't like you because you do it like this and I don't do it like that and I don't like you and you're wrong. And here's what stinks. We're both going to be in heaven worshiping Jesus and bowing at his feet regardless the fact that they went to a Pentecostal church and I went to a Baptist church where with raising hands was like weird. Right? So when we look at all of these different things, I get that there's different things and you can't go away from the doctrines of God, but... I have, a, I have this belief that we're all going to be really, really surprised one day. God's Word says that the body is diverse. You know what I want? I want a, my, a more diverse church. We need more diversity inside of our churches. And not that we need others from other beliefs that teach other doctrines that know But God's word, red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. We need some diversity in church. We need all of that. We need to be like the community that we are in. We need nationalities that are represented differently than just the one that I am or the one that you are. Because that's how God designed it. John says it a little bit differently in it. He says that he is the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. That is that we are to abide in him. That he is the life. As I am plugged into the vine, now I can grow. I can can begin to bear the fruit. I can begin to do what God has called for me to do only as I'm inside of that. And this morning, we are one body. The overall church, we can look at the universal church, which I'm not talking about any of that, but it's the same in this body and this this morning that each one of us has a part to play. God designed you specific to be at Oasis. If you genuinely feel that this is where God has called you to be, then God gave, gave you a specific gifting, a specific task, a specific calling in your life just for this place. Because, minus you, somebody else is going to have to work a little bit harder, and they ought not do so. How many of you have been sick over the last two months? Nearly every person's hand. What happens when we get sick? Not all the detail. I don't know that you're throwing up. We don't know. But when we get sick, what happens? We begin to slow down. Our body begins to get tired. Why? Because there's stuff in our body that the rest of the body is fighting. And so we get tired. We get lethargic. We get all of these different things. Physically, our bodies begin to wear away. 
If you don't deal with it, you will pass. Listen, it's no different in the church. It is no different in the church. It's the joke amongst church people that 20% of the body does 80% of the work. That's a sad stat, and that's a sad reality that that is true. That 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I don't know how many people in here, but let's just go with it. These two rows do everything that we need inside of this body of believers. Think about that. That's both physically, that's serving in the nursery, that's doing those things, that's, that's children, that's cleaning, that's all of those things, and that's also financially. And I'm not bringing that up to say anything, but that's the reality. And so when 20% are doing 80% of the work, guess what? 20% do. They get tired. Have you ever heard of the word burnout in church? It happens all the time. And people, I'm so tired, I'm burnt out, I'm burnt out. Some of that is a personal relationship thing, and people need to understand that. But the other part of that is the church expects that. One of the most stressful positions in all of business and all of whatever is being a pastor scientifically is what they've said do you know why one i believe with everything in me it's a leadership issue in some regards that's a personal issue but the other part of that is there's so much expected of a pastor that no one would expect of anything else i'm not saying that because i'm standing here this isn't a oh poor you no but that's what we do in the church Because the church doesn't function as the church because we're not spiritually growing the way that we're supposed to be growing and we're not the church. So guess what happens? Somebody has to work in the children's ministry. Somebody has to clean the building. Somebody has to do that. People get tired. People get burnt out. So as we go through this, there is many members, every person in this room, if you believe that God has called you to be at Oasis Baptist Church, some of you are really angry at me right now because I'm just kind of, I'm publicly calling everybody out, not really intending. But if we believe that, then God has designed and wired you to have a position to be a part of this body. Your position may be a pinky toe. Your position may be an ear, it may be an eye, it may be a kneecap, it may be whatever it is. Maybe you're the hair that some of you don't have. I don't know. But regardless of what it is, God has designed us to do that. i got to keep moving. This morning we're one body in the overall church. And so John MacArthur says it this way, the church is an organic whole, the living manifestation of Jesus Christ that pulses with the eternal life of God. And it happens because of this. John 14, 19, because I live, ye shall also live. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because what I live, and ye shall live also. 1 John 5.12 says something again similar. Is that he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. If you are here this morning, how does this function? Because the Son, the living being, is in you, allowing you to grow, allowing you to live, allowing you to do what he has called you to do. You say, I can't. Listen, I'll promise you. Five years ago, I stood in front of a body of believers, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, Aaron, you can't do that. 
And I've said to many people over the way, many of you, some of you, over the last two and three weeks, you've came into my office and I've looked at you and I've said, you can't do it, but he can. So the only way that this happens is because he has given us life that we can live. And so as we go through these things, wrapping up, we know that in each believer is the Holy Spirit and thus Christ dwelling in us as the church. We are his body. We are his body. For me to live is Christ. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. We are one body. Point number two, we are one spirit. As we just mentioned, each believer upon salvation receives the Holy Spirit which dwells and lives within us. That is, it says here that we are baptized by the Spirit. And I'm not going to get into a lot of the arguments. I'm not going to get into those things. But in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. That is, we are baptized with the Spirit. This is a once and for all deal. Upon conversion, upon giving our lives to Jesus, as we become a new life in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, making you and I the temple of God, the dwelling place, the home of God that is within us. This is not speaking of water baptism. So if you are, uh, don't be confused that this is not a water baptism. When I come to know Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in me and dwell in me. That's a one-time thing. A one-time thing. Water baptism is something different. Upon salvation, you would then follow in believer's baptism. That is the death and the burial and the resurrection. A symbolic thing before the body of believers that you would say, I am, I am admitting or I am telling the world, I am a believer of Jesus and I am coming together with this body of believers to let everybody know that I am a follower of Jesus. And so as we go through these things, this is... Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 2, and I'm going to try to explain it in this regard. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 2 says it this way, And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And let me explain this. Some of you are like, wait a second, now you're really confused me. But that is a, this is again, Moses, this is a figure of speech. But this is what it meant. They were immersed into the leadership of Moses. They went from Pharaoh and Egypt and were immersed into Moses' leadership, into Canaan, a new land. We become immersed into a new environment, a new power, a new union, a new life. We are no longer the same. We become immersed in the Spirit of God. I don't know if that makes complete sense, but I wish I could come to you right now and say, and let me show you exactly how this happens. I can't no more than anybody else can. I wish I could walk you through how you get a brand new heart in God. I wish I could show you what God does. Here's, take our, our insides, cut us open, open us up, the Holy Spirit comes in. I wish I could walk you through that. I don't understand all that. No more than I can understand that God can be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all one person, all and I can't completely understand that or give that to you but here's what I know as I trust in God as I believe in him and I become this new person I live with a new power I live with a new life my life begins to grow day by day 
by day. And as my relationship with him grows, our sin that once separated us from uh, the Father was now hung upon a cross that when Jesus rose again, that I now died with him and I rose with him, that giving me a new life because now I can live the life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, God, is indwelling me, giving me the life that I need to live. As we continue looking at this this morning, there is one church that is diverse and perfect. There are many members, but one body, one spirit. Galatians 3.26 says it this way, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That is, we literally put on or adopt or assume his position before the Father. His position is son, and I now become the son of God. I put on, I assume his position. Think about this. We most of us understand and know this, but as I come, give my life to Jesus, follow after Christ, and I put on Christ, I assume that position, I now stand before God the Father, and He doesn't see Aaron Flanagan in sinfulness, He sees the Son and the blood that was shed For my salvation. And this was what takes place for each believer that comes to know him. And there's a lot of theology that's in this passage of scripture. Really this is a sermon or a sermon series in and of itself looking at the baptizing of the spirit. But in just a few moments we have been baptized into one spirit. We have become one spirit. If you've given your life over to the Lord, that is, you died to yourself, that he could live, you were born again, and the Lord placed us in his body and placed the Holy Spirit within us. We are made complete in him. We aren't missing anything. We are complete. Listen this morning. You do not need anything extra. You do not need any extra anything. God designed you. God made you perfectly the way that you are and when you come to know him there's nothing more that you need here's what you need you need more of him how do you get more of him by knowing him more by studying by praying by asking God to fill you by doing those things and the more that we do that the more that we have of him in the sense we know him more we can live that out differently it's not that you get more Holy Spirit But the more that I grow in him, the more I have the knowledge and the wisdom and the guidance and the understanding. And I now, the mysteries of God's word begin to open up to me because I have the Holy Spirit that's living in me and I'm allowing him to shine in my life. What we do is we live our own lives, do whatever we want to do, And then go, well, I don't know where God went. I can't hear this Jesus. Have you ever heard Jesus? I don't know. 
And it's not because God has left. It's not because you have less Holy Spirit than anybody else has. It's because you've not surrendered to that to understand and to hear. Listen, if I'm not in tune with my wife, I don't hear my wife. I might hear her, but I'm not listening to what was going, being said. Men, hello? <laughs> I need to say it twice. I don't know how many times I've had a conversation, or she's had a conversation. I heard everything that was said, but I was not paying attention to listen to it, to actually repeat what was said. We had this conversation in our house the other day. I was talking to all four of our children, and I said something, and then we asked one of them, what did Dad just say? Uh, 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 <laughs> Why, they heard what I said, but they sure weren't listening and taking it in. It's no different. I don't know how many times I sat in church for years and years. I heard what the preacher was saying, but I couldn't have told you anything that took place after I left. I've read Scripture years and years and years of my life, and I got through with reading the Scripture, and I would be done, and I would go, I have no idea, God, what you just said to me. Because it was just a book, and I was reading it just because that was what I was supposed to do. But the more that I desire and seek to know Him, man, the Word of God begins to dwell inside of me. Listen, all that we're talking about today and we've been talking about is coming from the overflow of what God is doing inside of me. You'll never desire to do the work of the Spirit or the work of the Lord in genuine service until it becomes the overflow of your life. That overflow starts in the closet in your house or wherever it is that you do your reading and prayer time. One spirit, lastly, one purpose. Our bodies are extremely diverse, and there's a lot that could be gone on through here, but the body of Christ is extremely diverse as well. I believe that we will all be, I said this a few moments ago, shocked as to who's sitting beside us. The different faiths, the different denominations, the body of Christ is diverse. If we look at this passage, it says, it says that the, uh, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, literally, that's all people. That's all mankind. At that time, it was the Jews and the Gentiles, pretty much was how they were laid out. And then there was the other. There was those that were bond and those that were free. Those that were slaves and those that had slave owners. Those that were free to live and do what they wanted. That was, that was regardless of nationality, that was regardless of color, that was regardless of whether you worked for pennies or you worked uh, making millions. It was regardless of any of those things. It did not matter. It was all man, all kinds, all the time that God said, this is what this is for. The body is for this. And so it's, it doesn't matter the diversity in that. And we go through this scripture, it speaks of uh, the foot, it speaks of the eye, it speaks of the ear, it speaks of, of things, that are, uh, things that cannot be seen, those that are more seemly and more unseemly. And it goes through all of these things, but listen, regardless of all of that, there is one purpose inside of the body. For our physical bodies, it is that we would live, that we would survive, and we'd be healthy. Every part of our body is working together that we would be healthy. Amen, right? And when you get the cold, something got in, and it began to deteriorate certain areas. So our other parts of the body work to get it better. So as we go through all of these things, we have one purpose. 
Paul goes in to some crazy talk is kind of what I put it. If the foot is jealous of the hand or the ear of the eye, I am not of the body. What if your hand stopped working and literally said to you, hey, I don't want to be a hand anymore. That's kind of dumb. We joke about that. But that's real life inside of the church. I don't want to do this. God's called me to be this person. And the pastor's like, well, he didn't call me to, he didn't reveal that to me. Then you get angry. Whatever it would be, but we have all of this. Obviously, that's kind of funny, that's crazy. The foot isn't nearly as pretty as the hand and the ear, not so much as the eye, but they all have incredible functionality to the body. The hand, listen to this, I'm going to do this really quick, but the hand has eight wrist, uh, wrist bones, five bones in the palm, 14 in the fingers. Our hands command a quarter of all the bones in the body. There are thousands of nerve endings per square inch with the most in the fingertips. Two of the largest spaces in Spaces in the motor cortex of the brain. You can tell this is not my writing. Uh, in the brain is concentrated on the hands. The hands can compensate for the loss of eyesight by reading Braille. The hand can feel the textures of many things and has unique fingerprints each and every one of them. The foot doesn't get the same attention as the hand but has 26 bones, has 107 ligaments and four, or 19 muscles. The foot holds the weight of our entire bodies and balances our walk on a daily basis. The average man walks some 65,000 miles in a lifetime, and that is all on your two feet. The body is grateful for the feet as it is for the hands. Paul mentions this because each part is vital. Each part is needed. We cannot get caught up in the whole. I'm not important because... I don't get to do this because reality is minus each and every one of us, the body is not intact the way that God has designed it to be intact. Without any of our fingers or toes or without a hand or a foot, yes, we can survive, but it is not the same. The other parts have to work differently to overcompensate. We are the same. We can't be duplicated. We can't allow envy to drag us down. That is the enemy. You may say I'm not as talented. You may say I'm just an ugly big toe. But if you took your toe off of your foot, what would that do? Your balance would be off quite a bit. A lot of things change. Though most of us would say feet are disgusting and a big toe is really ugly. But it's a major part of your body to do the things that you do. And each and every one of us has a place that God has given to us. He needs us in the body. As He desires, He has given each of us those tasks. If God has given each and every one of us, His children, a spiritual gift, He has given us a ministry and we need to be engaged in it. Some of you may be saying, I'm not exactly sure how God has gifted me. And this morning I would say this, that's okay. That's okay. One, for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about all of those. And we're going to try to encourage you to understand what those gifts are and how God has wired you. But the other part of that is if you never know exactly what the gift 
the spiritual gift that God has given you is, I will promise you this. You pray and ask God, God, show me inside of the body where I could be used. And you mark my words. You can take it on a piece of paper. You can give it to me now. And you can say, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fervently pray. And I'm going to prove to you that God will not do this. That's fine. I will promise you, if you are honestly seeking God for where he can use you, he will show you. And I will promise you, in that service, it may not be there that you end, but it will be there that you will look back and you will say, God showed me and spoke to me here, and now I'm here. See, it was about 12 years ago for me that I had left serving ministry in students And I looked at my wife and I said, I'll probably never do this again. And after about six to nine months of me wallowing in my self-pity because I wasn't where I wanted to be and I wasn't happy, there was a young man who said, hey, would you be interested in helping in my Sunday school class? I said, well, sure. And he asked if I had put together some events and some time that we could fellowship and gather together. And so it was in that moment, I can look back, and this is in all God's honest truth, I can look back today to roughly 12 years ago where Darren Mozzie asked me if I would be a part of leading a Sunday school class. And on that moment, I began to lead a Sunday school class with that young man. And it was then that I can go back for me and my spiritual journey where I was doing a bunch of nothing because I was wallowing in my pity and I began to serve again and moment by moment and moment by moment and it was about three months later that all of a sudden I was getting the question, hey, would you want to join us and be a teacher at our Christian school? And then it was just moments later that I looked at my wife and I said, well, maybe I will be doing student ministry again where I became a youth pastor again. And it was moments later, but I can always go back to that moment in time where I was doing something I really didn't want to do because I didn't feel like I was good with adults because in all reality, I wasn't. But I can go back to that time and I remember it where I said, you know what, God, I've got to get back involved. I've got to serve. And now I can look back, like I said, almost 12 years later in that same church God now, for whatever reason, in his humor, called me to be the lead pastor. Why? Why? I don't know the whole why of it, but I know roughly 12 years ago I was obedient in something that I really didn't want to do, but I needed to get back involved. And so I helped a Sunday school class put together some activities and get together as a body. Church, I don't know where you stand with where you are. But I'm coming to you as the pastor. And I'm saying this. I've got a whole bunch of people staring at me. And God has equipped each and every one of you to do something specific for his call. Many of you are members of this church. He's called you for something. You might say, but pastor, I'm 85 years old and I really can't do this and I really can't do this. No, he's called you to something. Your call at that particular age and that particular whatever, you may be one of those people that sits at home and every day you call out my name and my wife's name before the Lord. 
You may be one of those people that call out the name of Oasis Baptist Church on a daily basis and you lift it up to God. You may be one that you feel, man, I love babies and I'm going to just rock them. I don't want to do change in diapers. I'm just going to rock them. You may just have a great smile. You may enjoy cleaning. You may enjoy teaching. You may have office background or you may enjoy administrative things you may enjoy a lot of different things we need people to sing we need people to play instruments we need people to do all kinds of different things and there's a lot that we could say but regardless of what it is let me just ask you what are you doing for God and where he has called you to I'm going to ask you this are you a part of the body Would you say, Pastor, I know that I've given my life to the Lord. There's not a doubt in my my mind that I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and I know I'm a part of the body. But maybe you would say, I'm seeking and I'm uncertain that I'm really a part of the body of Christ. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.